Welcome back. The Hammer Down Show rolls on on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. Let's go to our uh, Hammerhead hotline. We're going to bring in our good friend Brian Tonsoni from Delphi Bracketology. Uh, Brian helps lead a group of uh, bright young minds in the uh, Delphi school system. They, uh, much like you uh, nerds had your chess club back in the day, they, Brian, you guys just get together and you talk about the brackets. That's what you do, right? Yeah, we, we talk basketball for the most part. We, we'll throw in a little uh, other conversation uh, here and there, but we talk college basketball and, and how teams are doing, and it's uh, quite enjoyable. We have our meetings every Thursday morning at, at 720. We'll have one again tomorrow, and, and we'll have anywhere from about 6 to 12 people show up, um, depending on weather and other things, But uh, and, and we'll talk basketball. And the cool thing about this is you guys are one of the, and I always remind folks this, you guys are one of the more successful bracket predicting groups over the last five years. Like uh, I know there's uh, sites that, uh, that, that monitor all this stuff. And I mean, you do a lot better than most of the experts do. Well, thank you. We, we appreciate it. Um, we, we try to maintain that level of quality every year. We, uh, of all the years we've been doing this since 2016, we had one, one subpar below average year. Uh, every other year has been above average of over like 200, bracketeers across including some professionals so we we're very proud of that and you guys have the new you get the tv show now too that's how good you guys are doing <laughs> yeah greg rakestraw and isc sports network have been very gracious uh to give us a 30-minute studio show to share what we do and and it's really good experience for our young people it's really good experience for us old people uh to be able to uh, be appreciated enough to to put out product like that it is it's just incredible where where it's come from since 2016 all right so we talked a couple of weeks ago and uh, we thought we were somewhere around i believe like seven teams into the field for the big 10 we were concerned at the beginning of the conference play because they did not the big 10 as a whole didn't seem to have a very good uh non-conference slate here uh but it seemed like they were trending a little bit better as the conference season went on I mean, it's a real Game of Thrones year, Brian. You've seen it. Anybody can get got just about any night of the week. And, yeah. uh, you know, there, there's some ugly ones and uh, there's some good ones here. So give me the health of the Big Ten Conference overall. How many teams do you guys have projected in as of this week? And uh, what's that conference RPI looking like right about now? Yeah, I tell you, th- there's seven teams that I think are safely in right now. A couple uh, teams of that seven need to make sure they keep winning uh, because uh, – an extended losing streak could cost uh, anyone uh, in the in the back half of our bracket uh, a spot in the bracket. But right now, the Big Ten has seven. The, there's five very solid teams. Purdue is one of them. Wisconsin, uh, Michigan State, uh, Illinois, and Ohio State. They would really have to have a, a bad run to to cause them any scare on Selection Sunday. So those are the five in the Big Ten that I think are are comfortable. Uh, at this point and then you have Iowa and Indiana who are in and and depending on how you rate them anywhere from the 8 to 11 seed line those teams need to make sure they're winning as many games as they possibly can and then we have some teams on the outskirts Michigan is now moving its way back in uh, to contention <laughs> um, you know they're nine and seven they uh, they have a great strength of schedule and the committee likes to reward a strength of schedule. Their non-conference strength of schedule is 37. Compare that to Indiana, who is 340. Um, so it, it, Michigan's going to have to win quite a few in a row to overcome their really bad start. But they only have one bad loss on on their resume. So they're 38 net 
uh, is, is extremely high, and teams in the top 40 get heavy consideration. So they get a few wins down the stretch. Michigan can work its way back in. Minnesota's hanging by a thread. Uh, they have a they have a 316th strength of schedule, and when it gets to those last four teams in and the uh, and the first four teams out, that could be the the tipping point. Is that strength of schedule uh, a tiebreaker in a negative way? Yeah, because there's a big difference between Michigan and Minnesota in the net with 39 and 79, and, and yep. you, you look at how they they line up those nets, and it's almost inconceivable how big the gap is here. Michigan one and three in quad one, Minnesota two and five. Uh, you right. go to quad two. Minnesota doesn't have any quad two games, which is kind of awkward. But Michigan's one and three in those. But Michigan's got a loss in quad three, four and one, and then three and zero quad four. While Minnesota is undefeated in quad three and quad four. I that starting the schedule must really be a huge difference between those two teams because I just uh, it it seems like at least in the net they should be a little bit closer together. Yeah, and, and the net takes in offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. And the way you game that if you're a school is you, your winning margin. Um, that The offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency is not capped uh, by any score. So if you win 99 to 44, even against a lower opponent, it is adjusted some, but not a whole lot. If you really look at the, the teams that kind of surprise you about their net, uh, they've generally had some wider margins throughout uh, Wisconsin is the negative of that. Uh, Wisconsin, you would think, would be a lot higher than 21 in the Big Ten mm-hmm. uh, as a net ranking because they have five quad one wins, five quad two wins. But you look at all their results, even in the non-conference, a lot of less than 10 uh, margin of victory games. And so th- that's why their net is hovering around uh, 20, 21 when we think that uh, they should be better. But the net is just a, a sorting tool. But there, there are some trends where you got to be to get a top one or two seed. You got to be in the top ten of the net. Um, only one time in our history of Delphi bracketology has a team outside of the the top ten and whatever metric the NCAA used uh, snuck into the top two seed lines. That's very good for the Purdue fans, as Purdue is sitting with an eight net right now. We're talking with uh, Brian Tonsoni from Delphi Bracketology on our Hammerhead Hotline. So that would explain, you know, you got Iowa, like you said, on the bubble there, but like, you know, net ranking of 20 seems like you would put them pretty comfortably into the field here, but yet you say they're still kind of a, a bubble team. That's got to be because what they don't have a, uh, they, they don't have a best win right now, or at least a win where you're like, Hey, that's, that's something you can hang your hat on. Yeah. Iowa is 0 and 4 in quad one and they're two and four on the road. So yes, they're 14 and five and their net is 20. They're the opposite of Wisconsin. You look at their non-conference schedule, and they were winning by 40 and 50 points. So their their net would put them maybe in a five or six range if you just put one, you know, rank them one through 75 or one through 68, the, the teams. But, yeah, Iowa's an eight or nine seed. And, and if you're an eight or nine seed, you're right now you're comfortably in, but you're technically still on that bubble because a, mm-hmm. a couple losses will, will throw you out. But their net is deceiving, and I do think that the tournament uh, committee does take that into effect somewhat, uh, how those net calculations were and why they don't use it as a, just an absolute uh, ranking system. Do you guys have conversations about which you know, conference is the best this year? I mean, it's usually between the Big Ten, the ACC. Sometimes the SEC gets a little uh, pub here, but the Big 12 seems to be having a really, really good season and. Uh, it seems like, at least in the last week, the uh, Big 12 fanboys have been rather um, 
upset when people suggest that they're not the best basketball conference in America. Are, are those uh, conversations you guys have? And you know, what do you think right now of the Big Twelve? Yeah. We we do because it it matters in quality wins. The best conferences uh, generally keep producing massive amounts of quad one and quad two wins because you're playing good teams every night. So the reason we have uh, that conversation is just to keep watching bracket impact games. And right now, three conferences have really had good years. The the Big Twelve I think is the best. There's a, every team in there has been in consideration. Kansas State now is probably the ninth team. Uh, if you rank them, Oklahoma State is banned from the tournament. But every one of those teams is on our watch list. That's, that's unheard of uh, as far as conference play goes. So when you play a game, you're likely to get a quad one or quad two win. And right now we have Baylor and Kansas on the number one seed line of the Big 12. They're having an outstanding year. Big East is having a surprising year. Uh, from where the predictions were, and the SEC is loaded as well. So those teams are having just out, those conferences are having outstanding uh, seasons, and it just helps uh, throughout uh, the teams in consideration. So as long as we can all agree that the old school Big East was clearly the best basketball conference that ever lived, because absolutely uh, half half of the half of the NCAA was apparently in that thing at one point. I mean, what they yeah. were putting like 10, 10, 11 teams in at one point, weren't they? I think back in the day, yeah. I, it, you know, and just fantastic rivalries. Have, that's the thing with the conference expansion, both in college football and college basketball for this old man. You know, there are some great rivalries that have been split up because of these conference uh, realignments. And I don't know if they've been matched up by new rivalries. But that Big East was basketball in the market in, in uh, Market Square. Um not Market Square. Market uh, Square. Madison Square. Madison. Madison. How great yeah. tournament they had, which lasted like two weeks. Yeah, just unbelievable um, basketball. So, yeah, I miss those. I miss those days. I miss the old ten team Big Ten as well. Yeah, those are the uh, good old days, buddy. Brian Tonsoni from Delphi Bracketology. Now, if folks want to uh, follow along with you guys, I know you have a website. You got Twitter and stuff. Tell the folks how uh, they can check out bracket, uh, Bracketology from you guys. Yeah, once February gets going, people start paying attention a lot to our website, DelphiBracketology.com. We'll try to put up bracket updates twice a week. Uh, we'll try to get some more articles up there as well. Uh, and then we will be tweeting quite a bit of the results of, of individual games and, and trends on our Twitter account, at Delphi Brackets. And also uh, Tuesday nights now, uh, it looks like at 6 o'clock, will be our regular time slot for our television show, ISC Sports Network. You can pick that up um, a subscription there, but more likely free on, on social media at 6 o'clock. Nice. I love it. I'm so happy you guys continue to have this kind of success, too. I know the TV show is getting very popular. People are streaming it as well. Uh, I love that for the kids. I, I love this group. I think it's really unique, and the success and the effort that you guys have, I, it's just it's great to have this right here in our own backyard. Brian, I love having you on for it. It's, it's amazing. It's Delphi Bracketology. Make sure you check it out. Support the kids and Get a little bit smarter about your uh, NCAA teams. Brian, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.